Hilchus, by the bookmark, Hilchus Edus, Perik Yudches, Perik Halacha Aleph. The Rambam in this chapter begins to discuss the concept of what's called Edim Zememin. Edim means witnesses. Zemim means 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 uh, false or refuted, we'll, and we'll define it. Doctor Rambam, he shed b'sheker. Someone testifies falsely. Even Edim be Edim shed b'sheker. And we know through other witnesses that the first set of witnesses were, were false witnesses, as we'll exp- explain in detail. That's called a zeimim witness. Eight zeimim mitzvah say is a positive mitzvah to punish these false witnesses. The first set, presumably false witnesses. To do to them as they scheme to do to this presumably innocent person or to the person who they unjustifiably accused. If they testified falsely against someone that he did a sin which would be obligated to become stoned to death. For example, they testified against him that he worshipped idols or he violated the Shabbos and he was warned and they're proven to be liars. Then these witnesses, the two witnesses or three or a hundred, whatever many is, who've been exposed as liars, they get stoned in his stead. If they were accusing him of doing something that would require to be burned, have lead poured down his throat, they suffer and they get burnt. The Chayin Shamis is as it applies to whatever execution they falsely accused him. They testified against him that he did something which you Chayef Malkus, like doing work on Yom Tif. Each one of the witnesses gets a full set of lashes for what he tried to do. In other words, let's say the person who was the accused would get. 39 Malchus, if he was guilt, proven guilty. You don't say, well, the two witnesses divide 39 and a half, each one gets half. No, each one gets the full set of 39. <laughs> However, you do evaluate their physical abilities. Because remember, when a person is obligated to be lashed, if he's too weak to receive 39 lashes, we're worried he's going to die, you give him less. So we evaluate the witnesses. If the witnesses who are proven falsely are weak old men, and the guy who was accused falsely is a strong young guy, we're not going to say if the strong young guy would have gotten unjustly 39 malchus will give the old weak, weak people who have been proven as liars 39 malchus. That's not the case. You evaluate each individual as to what he can tolerate. What if they testify falsely? This guy owes money. He, they testify falsely that he, his cow gored someone else's cow and he owes money. In that scenario, the person who's being falsely accused of owing, let's say, $300 is reimbursed the amount of $300 he tried to make him lose. And not only does this guy who's falsely accused not lose 300 thankfully, he gets $300 back, which is exactly what they tried to make him lose. But that $300 is divided among the witnesses. If it's two witnesses, they each pay 150 If it's six witnesses, they each pay 50 right? So they divide it among them. He doesn't get $300 times each witness. Each one gives his proportional amount. There's another principle that in general, you don't give Malchus... You don't, excuse me, get lashed and pay at the same time, right? So even though testifying falsely is a negative mitzvah, and there are scenarios where a person gets malakas of testifying falsely, even though the thing he wanted to make the other person do is not something that would make him high of malakas. So for example, if we'll see later, if false witness testify this guy who's a kohen in our community, he's really not a kohen, it's a lie. I remember when his mother got divorced and remarried, and he's, he's really an illegitimate kohen. Right? For example, and they're proven falsely, they would get they would get lashed. We wouldn't say, okay, now we make them illegitimate kahanim. That's not how it works. So you see in general it's a negative commandment testifying falsely, which has the possibility of getting lashed. Malchus. Nonetheless, if the situation is such where they have to pay for their evil, they pay it, they don't get lashed, you don't do both. Alright, base. 
is true, when the witnesses are disqualified or been proven falsely, as we'll explain. When, however, you have two witnesses... Hazama is the concept of, we'll explain what it means. Basically, it's, a, it's the process of, we start off the parak describing the term Eid Zaymin, right? Zaymin. That's the idea of, of, of accusing the witnesses of being false witnesses in ways we'll describe. Now, there's different, different ways of accusing, of accusing witnesses as lying. Not every way you accuse or even prove witnesses lied makes them Zaymin, but it's a unique type of lie. It was, we'll explain. If the two groups of witnesses are merely contradictory, what? contradictory, they're contradicting, they ain't kind of and therefore there's no testimony because they cancel each other out. Neither group gets punished. If we don't know who's lying. Okay? Now, here's what I'm going to answer your question. What is this differentiation between contradictory witnesses? Versus hazama disproving. What is that? How does that? How does, how does that work? So he defines hakhasha. What is hakhasha? Contradictory. Be'edus atzma with the actual evidence, the actual data. Zayis This group of witnesses says haya This 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 thing transpired. Zayis The other one says It didn't happen. Or by result of what they say, it means it didn't happen. So essentially, the question is. They're arguing over, did the episode transpire? That's the, what Akasha means. But, and the is going to give examples. Hazama means, the witnesses are not arguing about the, test, about the testimony, about the data, about the episode. They're arguing about each other as people. These witnesses who are accusing the first set are not really arguing whether the episode happened. They're saying, you guys are liars. We're not saying the thing didn't happen. You're still liars. Why? One set of witnesses comes to the best in the first set and they come and they say, We saw this individual murder someone. We saw this individual lend the money to someone or borrow from someone. In this time and this place in this location. After they testified. And they have been cross-examined and verified. Two other sets of witnesses come and they say, in this time and location where you're supposedly saying that this item, this, this thing transpired, we were there and with this so-and-so individual the whole day, and it never happened. So we're, so we're saying you guys are, are lying. Uh, excuse me, we're saying the, the, the thing never transpired. This guy never murdered anybody. He never lent anybody money. That's called contradiction. You have two sets of witnesses. Each, each one insists that they're telling the truth and the other ones are lying. And they're talking about the, ep- the, 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 the episode, right? Did the, did the episode transpire, correct? Okay. Similarly, if they said, how could you testify as such? Right, so the first example was the second set of witnesses are saying, we were there, and it's a you know, small location, it's a, it was a one room, we saw exactly what happened, never happened, right? But similarly, if they said, how, how could you testify as such? This supposed guy who you're claiming murdered someone, or the person you're saying who we supposedly murdered, uh, who maybe, never, maybe disappeared, 
but the but the but or the borrower or the lender, they were with us in a totally different location at that time. So it can't be telling the truth. Again, that's called contradicting. By saying that the guy was with us elsewhere, you're essentially saying it didn't happen. So again, it says if we're arguing, did the episode transpire? The group, first group says the first, it transpired. The second group says it did not transpire. The alleged murderer was with us elsewhere, and he never murdered anybody. When you say never murdered anybody, but there, there has been a dead, a dead person. Perhaps, perhaps not. We don't know. Right? Either way, yeah. Okay, now that's Hakkosha. What is Hazama then? Says the If the second set of witnesses says to the first set of witnesses. We're not arguing whether the episode happened, whether this person murdered someone in Yerushalayim at this time where you're saying it happened. However, we do testify. You two witnesses, you were with us at that same time in Bavel, so you could not have seen what happened at that date in time Yerushalayim. Maybe he murdered someone, maybe he didn't. We're not arguing with you about that. We have no opinion on the topic. Our opinion is you are liars. Maybe the episode happened, but you're claiming that you saw it. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's And because they've been, the first set has been exposed as liars, as to accuse an innocent person as presumably innocent, right? Because again, maybe the guy did murder someone. They will turn out he murdered them. And these two guys who want the credit of being the witnesses. It's irrelevant. Point is, is that because they tried to falsely present themselves as witnesses, and they're not that, and, and they weren't, therefore they are murderer. They are they, they are in turn killed or pay that money instead. Since the witnesses who are coming to refute them are not talking about whether the episode transpired or not. Whether, whether it was true or not true. All they're saying is that you guys couldn't have seen what you say you saw. That's all we're saying. That's Hazama. So, in, when it's Atakhasha, again, the two witnesses cancel each other out. The, we, we don't know who's telling the truth. They're saying that we saw the guy murder someone. The other two are saying it never happened. We were there. It wasn't him, or it never happened in the first place, right? So, who's telling the truth? We have no idea. They cancel each other out, and it's a What's that expression when, the, when it's like a, a hung trial or like a mistrial or a hung jury? That's what it is. Over here, we say that the second set is telling the truth. The first set is not telling the truth. They did not see it. And we're going to punish them. Now, whether this guy who they're accusing of murder actually committed murder or he lent or borrowed money, whatever, maybe yes, maybe no. We'll get to the bottom of that. But these two guys, they're gone. They have to either get executed or they must pay money. Because for, even if it turns out he did borrow, they didn't see it, they'll have to pay back the money he borrowed, the borrower, but these two guys didn't see it, they'll have to pay for, for, false, for being false about it, right? Even if the lender, even if the borrower may have to, has to pay back the money. The same amount. Right, exactly. Now, the question is, why do we believe the second set of witnesses? Maybe the first is telling the truth, the second set are lying. We don't know it's telling the truth. Right. This that we trust the second set over the first set of witnesses, it's because of who? It's because Hashem said so. It's not because of any logical reason. And even if the first set of witnesses was very numerous, a hundred witnesses together said, we were all there, we saw him together, you know, do whatever it is. And then two other witnesses come along and they say to these hundred witnesses, on the meeting we testify, you hundred witnesses, 
could not have seen this murder in Times Square at this day and time. You were all with us in Yerushalayim at that time, right? We punished the first set of witnesses uh, over the second because the second set was did did hazama. We don't we don't say that. Well, why would you believe two versus a hundred? Believe a hundred over two. That's not the case. Now, needless to say, it's a very silly thing to do because if the fir- second set of witnesses are lying, it'll be very easily to, to disprove them. The hundred people who are who they're trying to falsely accuse. In any event. Um, Right, because you can have the two other Adam will come and, and, and they'll say, what are you talking about? These, these guys weren't Yishlaim. He wasn't Yishlaim. I saw him elsewhere, etc. Now, now, why don't we go after the majority? Isn't there a principle in Torah you follow the majority? When it comes to testimony, each group has, has generally speaking, without exception, with exceptions, excuse me, when it, in a regular case of testimony, each group is, has equal strength. Two is like a hundred. And a hundred is like two. Similarly, you have two groups of witnesses that contradict each other. In the, in the case where it's not Hazamah, it is Hakhasha, right? A hundred witnesses say that this guy murdered someone in Yerushalayim. Two witnesses come along and say, it's not true, this, this alleged, the accused, not the witnesses, the accused was with us in, 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 in New York. He couldn't have been the murderer. We believe, that, we believe, that we believe the two as a hundred and they cancel each other out. We don't say it's 98 uh, uh, versus zero. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, stalemate. In Hayyachan Acharev, you don't follow the majority. We dismiss both groups of witnesses. Dalit. Edim Zayim, Edim Tzichnasra, witnesses who are uh, 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 proven falsely in the, in, the, in the scenario where they're not Hachash, but Hazama, and therefore they get punished. They, whatever they try to make the innocent person do happens to them. Don't require a warning. So normally in Torah, before a person is punished, he's warned, hey, you know, if you do this thing, and you're going to get this punishment. It's not necessary to tell the witnesses, okay, thank you for your testimony. Uh, be aware that if you are, ter- if it turns out that you become Adam Zemimim, that two other witnesses walk in and say that you guys were never there, uh, you're going to get that punishment you're, you're saying he did, by the way. Just, we don't have to do that. It's not necessary. The, it's, it's, uh, it's unnecessary because, uh, and the simple reason the Gemara says apparently is that what they were trying to make this innocent person uh, suffer also was not, uh, did, also there was no warning. He wasn't warned uh, about what he did because he didn't do it. Right? Or they didn't see it. Now, witnesses who are first contradicted, right? So, for example, two witnesses say, this fellow murdered someone this place in this time. And then two other witnesses say that it's not true, this guy is innocent, he was with us elsewhere. And then, then two other witnesses, a third set come and say, you know, we actually don't know who's telling the truth over here between you two groups, whether he murdered or not. But the first group couldn't have seen it because they were with us elsewhere. That's fine. That's legitimate. They are executed or they get lashes or they have to pay the money. They're accused. The person have to pay. Even though, even though the witnesses were... First, what happened was these two sets of witnesses canceled each other out, correct? It was a stalemate. So we dismissed them. That doesn't mean we dismiss them that they don't exist. That chash is considered the beginning process of azama. It's just not completed. And therefore, even though the two both groups are dismissed, we still keep the group that initially came relevant to make it possible to treat them as Adam Zayim and if they're proven as such, right? We don't, we don't completely, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, obliterate them, so to speak, right? We don't mavato them. Hey, in order to do this process, you have to be done in the presence of the witnesses. However, to cancel them out, they don't have to be present. So the first group says, we saw him murder. Second group says, they couldn't have seen it. They were with us elsewhere. That has to be done in their presence. If they're not present, that, doesn't, that, does, that, that will not 
make them liable as in Zayman. It might save this guy's life. It might make it considered to be a situation of contradictory, but it can't be considered Zayman. So it's disqualified in their presence and contradicted in their absence. If you want to put it that way, yeah. However, if for two witnesses to come and say, this guy is innocent, he was with us at the time of the murder, he did not commit the murder, and by thereby cancel the two sets of witnesses out, that can be done even if the first set is not present. But to say that, they were, that the witnesses themselves were with us and therefore they deserve to be punished as they plotted to do to him, as they schemed to do to him, that cannot be done unless they're present. However, if it happened that the, the two other witnesses came and said that they are, they are lying, they could not have seen it. So we can't punish them. However, we would consider the two sets of witnesses contra- contradicted and therefore we would cancel them both out. Yeah. When witnesses are oh as he says over here, witnesses that are that are uh, that when the, the second set of witnesses says they couldn't have seen what happened because they make them in the zayimin. If they're not present, we can't punish them. We do treat it as a, as a disqualified as as a contradiction. Excuse me. So when you, when you disqualify them to use the term hazama as disqualification, when you disqualify them when they're not present, you treat it as a contradiction, right? Mm-hmm. What if the two witnesses who say their testimony against this person die? Then two other witnesses said these two people who testified yesterday who are now dead, they were lying. They couldn't have seen what happened. We don't treat it as, there's no testimony present. The two groups are considered canceling each other out because since they're not present, they're considered a cancellation rather than a hazama. Right? Right. And therefore... You, you, we would see as a scenario where there's two contradicting groups of witnesses and we, 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 we apply accordingly. Which means that, for example, um, certain situations when you have uh, two witnesses who contradict each other and we cancel each other out, that doesn't mean necessarily that it's exactly like the way it was before anyone walked in and testified. There is a certain possibility that what happened happened. It's just a stale, bit, bit of a stalemate. So different scenarios where somebody is accused of something or his lineage is questioned or his, whether he did, he, did, he did tshuva for a sin or not is questioned, things like that. And the witnesses contradict each other. That's one scenario. Uh, that's what the Rama means over here. So we treat it as like a, like a, a stalemate. There, also, you can understand the Rama to mean that we treat it as if nobody ever testified in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because as, as is the case when... Uh, when... Uh, when... Um, when witnesses are, are, are accused as hazama. So, for example... This well, is a, what is stalemate? Well, uh, like a tie, like a 50-50, okay. okay. So, for example, I, again, the details over here, we'll see later, but let's say, for example, uh, a guy is known to be a coin, and two witnesses come and they say that uh, he's not really a coin because um, uh, he, we know for a fact that, that his father married a divorcee. Okay. Two other witnesses come and say it's not true. We know his mother was not a divorcee. We know that uh, that uh, the first marriage was actually never nullified retroactively or whatever. She was never she, she was not a divorcee. So the question, so the question is, is he a coin or not? That's not the exact same thing as a case where nobody ever accused him of being a, fa- a fake coin in the first place. It's not identical, right? So what would you say over here if the two witnesses? Uh, however, if two witnesses come and they say that hey, this guy is not a real coin because his mother was a divorcee, we were there at this place and this time when she got her get. Or when she got married the first time, right? Whatever it is, right? And two other witnesses come and they say, it's impossible, you guys were with us elsewhere at that time. We don't know if she got divorced or not. We know you weren't there. You weren't there. That would actually reestablish him as a legitimate client as if there was no accusation in the first place. 
How do we, what do we do over here? What do we do over here in this scenario when two witnesses say, for example, he's not a real Kayim, we were there when his mother got divorced. Right? The, the, the guy she was married to passed away after she got divorced. She's not a widow, she's a divorcee. And two other witnesses, and, and, then, and then those two witnesses who are questioning his kahuna, they die. Two other witnesses come and they say, the next day, these guys who accuse him of being not a real Kayan, they couldn't have been there when they say they saw her get divorced. They're with us elsewhere. Do we, and, and the first two witnesses, remember, have passed away since. Do we treat this as a, as a case where he would, as if, as, as if he was never accused in the first place of being a non-Kayan? Which is what we would do if the two witnesses who testified initially were still alive. Or do we treat it as a, as, as, as a, as a stalemate? This is not clear what the Ramah means, and there's two ways of understanding the Ramah. All right, either way. When you have witnesses who testify that somebody deserves to be executed, because let's say he violated the Shabbos, and two other witnesses come and they say it's not true, he did not violate the Shabbos, but there's no hazam, right? No one's, no one's accusing the witnesses of, of, of being elsewhere. Even if, right? These witnesses say, you know, so and so, the guy, he's gone missing for a year, nobody's seen him, we know what happened. Chaim Yankel murdered him on this day and this place and this time. He murdered um, um, uh, uh, Ruvain. And then what happens? Ruvain walks in the bezin on his own two feet. Isn't it pretty clear the witnesses were lying? Yes. That was Ainan Blakin. They still, they don't punish. They don't even, they don't even get uh, uh, Malchus. The reason they don't get Malchus is because their testimony potentially lends itself to execution. Because any because in the event that their lie that their lie is exposed in a matter of hazama right of disqualification as we, as we said before, they would get executed and therefore vein lake and love you never get lashes for a sin which could eventually evolve into a uh, execution. Bezin has the responsibility to give them a sound beating for their transgression of false uh, testifying. When witnesses who've been proven false are being punished um, uh, and they're going to be executed or perhaps even not ex- executed, perhaps any punishment, maybe even lashes, they have to be an announcement. You've got to put it on all the social media. Okay, actually, how is the announcement? You have to write and send publicity to every city. So-and-so have testified such-and-such. Vuhuzmu. And they have been proven disqualified because two other witnesses came and said that they are with them elsewhere at the time of the episode, the murder or whatever it happened. And therefore we are executing them. Or we lash them. Or we punish them this, this amount of money because that's what they accused, that's what they accused the other person of, of owing. Where does it say that you have to make this publicity? Those who remain shall hear and become fear, fearful. Then what? Hear and become fearful. Fearful. Right. Why are those who remain? All the other Jewish people. That's how we know. You have to make sure everyone hears about it. You make sure that, yeah, you gotta make sure it's a talk of town. This, that the witnesses who've been proven as liars have to pay the accused the amount of money they tried to make him lose. Kanasi was considered a fine, not a, not a restitution of loss. What's the difference? If they confess, they don't pay that fine, as the, as the principle is, that you made the knas potter. Ketzad, harishid, if they testify, and in the court, their testimony is cross-examined in Bezdin. And then afterwards, both of them say, we've testified falsely. He actually knows him nothing. Now you remember, by the way, 
that once a witness is cross-examined, he cannot retract his testimony. So we don't accept the retraction. But however, they did confess to lying. So we don't accept their lie on their, because they said we're lying, we don't buy that. But if two other people come and prove that they lied, we do acknowledge that they confessed to the lie. As we'll see, they say, if they say, you know, uh, we've testified against so and so, and then um, two other witnesses. So, so, so again, so here, here, the first case is where they testify, and then afterwards they immediately say, we, we, we confess we lied. Or in a different town, a different time, they say, you know, in this place, this time, year, years ago, we testified this and this about, against so and so, that he owes this amount of money. And we were actually, two, two other witnesses came and, and they, they exposed us as liars. Now the Bezdin did not rule on the matter because we ran away. A, Misham, and Alpian, we don't make them pay because they admitted to their thing, the thing they did wrong. And they, ah, well, if they say, I do we testified against somebody, and we were proven as liars in such and such a court. And the Bezdin, you know, finalized our punishment and obligated us to pay this and this amount to this person. And then we ran away. And then they do pay. Because that's not called a knas. Once the judge bangs with that wooden thing on the gavel on the, on, on the table and says, you have to pay this amount, the knas, the obligation to pay now becomes a monetary ob- a responsibility. Right? The way we, we, we enforce it is a knas. The way we impose it is a knas. But once it's ruled as such, it's a monetary obligation, just like owing money for breaking someone's window. And then if someone confesses to owing money, breaking your window, he's high up to pay. What if one witness says such about him and his fellow? That, uh, that, that, that confession makes him have to pay his half, even though the other guy says it never happened. You might think we have to both confess. It's not true. One confession is sufficient. A one, a one, confession of one eighth is sufficient. So where is the truth? Oh, well, this guy says, Ruven says, Shimon and I were in this Bezin. We testified that so-and-so owes money falsely. We were exposed as liars. Bezin ruled against us that we have to collectively reimburse him $100. And Shimon says, never happened. Ruven admitted to owing half of 100 Shimon denies it. Ruven has to pay 50 to this person. Shimon doesn't. Shimon doesn't. Shimon's not admitting. 